This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hey, everybody. How are you guys doing? Today is Wednesday, January 27th. And today we're going to talk a little bit about regret after I got a really interesting letter from a podcast listener. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks for tuning in today. I'm so thankful that you guys are joining us and continuing just to encourage us through your notes and through your financial support. Uh, you guys listen up. So really hardly a week goes by that I am not asked for a book or a resource recommendation. It's the truth, seriously, every week. So here's what we've decided to do. Beginning in February, we're launching a new resource called Heidi's Bookshelf. So you're going to find it on my website and I'm going to give direct links to where you can purchase the books and a little bit about the authors, the whole shebang. So keep listening for information on how to find my favorites. Again, we're calling that Heidi's bookshelf. Um, and I'm, I'm going to encourage you guys to read. So instead of being on the internet, instead of, you know, dogging on social media, uh, open up a book and read. And it's amazing. I think what you guys uh, are going to learn as we begin to study again, the history of this nation, understand socialism, Marxism, all those things. And uh, we're going to give you some really great recommendations right here from the Heidi St. John podcast. I want to give a donor shout out today, Angela from Sacramento and Olivia from California. Thank you guys so much for uh, supporting this ministry. It means the world to us. And uh, you guys can find out how to do that by going to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash give. Are there anybody uh, out there today listening from Tennessee? Really? There is? Well, I'm heading your direction. I'll be there March 18th through 20th for Teach Them Diligently in Nashville. And I love to see each one of you there. Family tickets are available right now. And you can find a link on my website, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. I will be at not all, but many of the Teach Them Diligently events. And I hope you guys will come on out and join me. Also coming up, I'm going to be speaking for Church on the Rock in Battleground, Washington. And that is happening February 11 through the 13th. And um, I'm under the impression that tickets are going really fast for that. They're going to feed you guys really, really well. My whole family will be there. They will be leading worship for that weekend. We're going to spend the weekend talking about the fight for truth and why it's so important. Where does it come from? How can we recognize it? You can't recognize a counterfeit, you guys, if you, unless you know what the real thing is. And so I'm going to be talking about that February 11th through the 13th at Church on the Rock in Battleground, Washington. So check it out at the show notes today. All right. I uh, I got a really interesting comment on my social media the other day, and I took a screenshot of it because it was so stunning to me. And I, I wasn't, you know, I thought about replying to this person and then I got locked out of my account and then I it lost in like the thousands and thousands of comments and things that people leave on my Facebook page. And so I could never reply to this young person. And frankly, it broke my heart because I logged in the next morning and I I meant to go back to his comment and Facebook said, you have, you know, you have been banned from logging into your account because you have violated our community standard. Would you like to see why you violated our community standard? No. <laughs> like, oh my 
word, you guys. I seriously, whoa, Facebook, it is a, it's a, wow, it is a communist organization over there. Anyway, this young man was expressing regret to me. And he said that he had been, he first heard about me from a person basically who hates me. He said, you know, somebody who really just hates you shared your podcast. And he said, I've spent the last year over here at your site, you know, leaving terrible comments and saying how stupid you are. And then I realized when Biden get in, got into office and started doing some of these things that you were right. And I was wrong. And I was like, what? <laughs> Did somebody just get on my page and say that he was, he regretted that he had done what he had done. And I, I think this guy might actually work for the energy sector. If you guys aren't paying attention to what Biden is doing to the energy sector, uh, it's a it's a shame. I mean, he's, he's really going to, uh, he's basically canceling the Keystone Pipeline. And because of that, we're going to lose uh, thousands of jobs. And it's going to, you know, this is a, this was a, a kind of a big deal. I, I think so far it's just over a thousand jobs that have been lost. But from what I understand, it's going to go as high as 10,000 because as you guys know, it's not just the people who work on the pipelines. It's the administrators. It's the people who, you know, carry the water for the people that are doing the, the actual construction. It's the people that make the pipes. It's all the things. And uh, Biden revoked their permit, the project's permit. On Wednesday, you know, because they're going to move now to the Green New Deal. Watch your gas prices are going to triple. Just wait for it. Right. And uh, this young man was saying, you know, he voted for this thinking that Biden would bring more jobs, that Biden would uh, bring unity to the country. Well, nothing that he's doing is going to bring unity to the country. That's for sure what we see. Uh, And in fact, as we watch what's happening with the Keystone Pipeline, it kind of gives you a really good kind of a 35,000 foot view at what Biden's going to do in the next couple of years. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the Keystone Pipeline, it would have shipped 830,000 barrels a day of oil from Alberta, Canada to Nebraska. And of course, it's opposed by the radical left who believe that, you know, gas and oil just bad for the country. They want us to transition to cleaner energy. And uh, for over a decade, they've been trying to get this pipeline up and going. You guys remember it lost its permit under Barack Obama. And then in 2017, President Trump reinstated the permit. So there's all, there are all of these things, you know, around the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, but when they revoked it, this directly led to the layoff of thousands of union workers. And a lot of these guys voted for Biden. Because Biden said, oh, I, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to um, do anything about fracking. I'm not going to do. And he lied, basically, because that's pretty much exactly what he's doing. And a lot of these guys are going, oh, my goodness. So what he's done basically now is begin the end of fracking and destroying the Keystone. And along with it, um, as many as if they do fracking, especially we're looking at up to 20,000 jobs. And remember this Trump said over and over that um, Biden would ban fracking and the media called him what? A liar. And Biden then lied about it and the media backed him up. So when he cancels fracking, tens of thousands of jobs are going to be lost. And this will come, I think, uh, in in the not too too far away future, especially given the fact that he has ended now the Keystone Pipeline. And so uh, canceling the Trump border wall, that's going to cost about 10,000 jobs. So Trump was a job creator Biden will be a job killer. And uh, 
this young man on my page and he said, you know, I, I was wrong. And he said, I just want to apologize and say, I'm going to actually do my homework now. I feel like for the first time I'm doing my homework, I'm going to start thinking for myself. And I was encouraged by that. But I'm hearing from a lot of people who regret that they either didn't vote. There was another Instagram person who messaged me and said, you know, she didn't vote because she just couldn't bring herself to do it. And now that she's seen Biden roll back protections for the unborn, she regrets that choice. And regrets are the fruit of poor choices, right? So was was Trump a perfect man now? And I don't want to make this all about Trump, but it, our nation's in trouble right now. And we can't start to fix it unless we talk about what's wrong. We can't, you know, if, if we don't start just looking the, uh, looking the thing in the eye, we can't defend the choices that we make uh, with regard to trying to fix what's wrong unless we first define what's wrong. And so this is where I think as a nation, we need to start having some some hard conversations that the church needs to start having hard conversations um, and regrets, uh, you know, and inevitably are going to be something we live with now for the for the foreseeable future. Maybe uh, you guys have other regrets in your life. Maybe you regret not going to visit an uncle before he passed away or we regret a choice that we made on a warm summer evening with a boy we thought we loved. Right. Maybe we regret harsh words spoken and a friendship broken beyond repair. One meaning buried in the origins of the word regret is to bewail the dead. It's okay to feel remorse over wrongs done and to feel sad over things that might have been. But those things are over now. They're dead. Bury each one and then mark them with a headstone as a place of remembrance to not go back and make the same mistake again. But listen, you guys, you can't keep digging them up. Every day is a new beginning in God, and we've got the opportunity to make a new and right decision. So instead of lingering over the wrong decisions that we made yesterday or back in November <laughs> or 30 years ago, uh, we we need to move forward. And when you're talking about regrets, raising your children or a sin issue in your life, obviously, I wouldn't uh, categorize your vote that way, although I certainly think you can make a case for it being a uh, sinful in in that we support people who we know are going to do wicked things. I mean, that's a totally different conversation. But when it comes to sin, it's a different, it's a different animal. If you need to ask for forgiveness, do it. If you need to repent of sin, do it. Don't wait. If you need to say you're sorry, don't delay, but then get up and dust yourself off and purpose today to make the most of a clean slate and new beginning. Jesus gives us new beginnings and it allows our kids to see us living in forgiveness and not in condemnation. Isaiah 44, 22 says, I have swept away all your sins like a cloud. I have scattered off your offenses like the morning mist. Return to me, for I have paid the price to set you free. Psalm 51, 17, the sacrifice you desire, O Lord, is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart. And finally, Psalm 103, verse 12, he has removed our sin as far as the east is from the West. And I think sometimes, you know, when we're talking about, like I said, I, I get, you know, dozens and dozens of messages every day via my podcast, Mailbox Monday, uh, social media, wherever it is that people uh, can find me and get a hold of me. And I often hear people say, I wish I would have done this, or I wish that I would have done that. It's one thing to to look with regret at something. It's another thing to wallow in it it's another thing to say, you know what? I made a mistake. I'm going to make it right. And I think we have an opportunity to collectively as the church right now to say, you know what? We need to do better. We need to do better at, at raising our children. We need to do better at talking about truth in the culture. We need to, as a church, 
um, begin to talk about these these issues that are plaguing our nation and then um, make steps to say, okay, Lord, you know, what is it that you want us to do? And I wrote a blog post last week that Facebook um, immediately labeled false and took it down. <laughs> and so I put it back up again. Maybe that's why they locked me out of my page. <laughs> Who knows? But if you haven't read it yet, uh, it's called America the Beautiful, You're in Trouble. And since the media outlets keep taking it down, I thought, you know what? I'm going to read it to you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, and this is what I wrote. I wrote, my heart is breaking for our republic today. And this is this is what I wrote on inauguration evening. Uh, so you guys have it in context. My heart is breaking for our republic today. I know many of you are grieving with me. I'm still in disbelief that the left pulled off the greatest vote heist in American history. Soon they'll come for our national identity and our history. Now that we know they can do it, I hope we guard it with our lives. 2020 will go down in history, at least for me, as the year we lost our republic. The 24-7 attacks against our president by the mainstream media and leftist elites seem to have had their intended result. The faith in our democracy has all but disappeared for over 75 million Americans who watched as the unimaginable happened in slow motion right before our eyes. President Trump, though he is flawed like the rest of us and even arrogant at times, was a champion for this country for Israel, and for the unborn, just to name a few of the reasons I loved and supported his presidency. His patriotism moved a generation out of their slumber and back into caring about what happens in D.C. Trump wisely saw a storm brewing on the horizon. That storm is socialism, and it is here now. With no one to stop it, it can sweep unhindered over the free people of this great nation, like a swarm of locusts over the plains of Africa. Trump tried to stop it, and the elites in Washington hated him for it. Unlike Biden, Trump couldn't be bought. Like him or not, Trump didn't mince words about the issues we sent him to Washington to address. He told the truth about everything from the sanctity of human life to the truth about gender. He rightly noted that there are only two genders. He refused to play the political game. It was why we elected him. He spoke for us. He couldn't be bought, and they knew it. And for this, he was castigated, investigated, abandoned by the cowards in his own party, and ultimately cheated out of re-election through a fraud and deception that only the devil himself could have designed. But the devil didn't do this alone, of course. He had help. Woke Christian leaders, many of whom I have studied under and admired my entire adult life, have shown themselves to be woefully lacking in discernment about simple ideas like socialism, but also about spiritual matters like the sanctity of human life and the dangerous nature of rebelling against God's clear instructions regarding sex and gender. Speaking out about this fact comes at a high price today. I have paid both personally and professionally, right down to my career as an author, simply because I supported President Trump and the ideas he represented. The wounds are real, as many of the president's supporters will attest to. Many of these wounds have been carried by my family and myself privately because to disclose them publicly would have been professional suicide. 
And so instead, we suffered a thousand cuts in private, as I stood by my convictions and stated them in the public square. It's what I've always done. But this time, it was different. This time, it was costly. The public is no place for discourse in this brave new socialist world, is it? Speak and get canceled. That's the lesson they want you to learn. Social media will teach you the hard way if you don't conform to their version of truth. Fact-checked lately? Yeah, that's because you're stupid and they're not. Get it? That's what they want you to get. Learn it now and don't you ever forget it. That's the lesson they want you to learn. In the spring of 2020, COVID hit the United States. Our nation buckled under the weight as the Democrats, who had spent the previous three years trying to make something out of nothing, finally saw their chance to do mortal damage to the man who was well on his way to winning another term. We can't have that. So the political elites, far-left governors and doctors who hadn't seen real patients in years locked us down. The country could go to hell for all they cared. This was political. It was never about our health. You will never convince me that a nation who murders its most vulnerable cares about my health. Never. My husband and I suffered the loss of nearly 100% of the income we bring in from my speaking engagements as one event after another was forced to cancel. That stimulus check we just received, it was like getting a sucker in exchange for the government stealing our livelihood. It was an insult. Days turned to months. Fear got a stranglehold on the country. After almost a year of watching our businesses die from government mandates, after months of social distancing and watching doctors who spoke the truth about the virus lose their jobs and reputations at the hand of the media elite, things became very clear. We can be controlled by fear. Never mind that the virus has a 99.89% survival rate. Forget the facts. Feelings and fear are what we worship now. God says, do not fear, but we're not listening to him right now. Father Fauci is the one we listen to. Weary, disillusioned, and discouraged, we obeyed and treated each other like enemies. Thanks to Fauci and his ilk, we are no longer Americans who hug one another at weddings or give handshakes in the grocery store. No, instead, we are disease carriers who could accidentally pass on a highly survivable virus. Stay home, they ordered. And so we did. More distance, only now there was anger mixed with sadness. The plan was working. The elites went on with life as usual. Governors dining at expensive restaurants without masks or the required social distancing while the serfs in the United States were forbidden from gathering. Our elderly were left to die alone. The elites justified this. It was for their safety, you know, and yours. It's for the best, they told us. We're all in this together, they said via television commercials and magazine covers. How did we fall for this? The double standard of the highly politicized coronavirus was stunning. No social distancing seemed to be required as Black Lives Matter burned our cities for the sake of justice and taunted our law enforcement officers. We watched in disbelief while the political elites and woke celebrity evangelicals remained silent. Somehow, this was allowed. Portland, Oregon, the city I grew up in, is no longer recognizable to the native Portlander. It's not safe. But hey, we're all in this together. The drug epidemic, the street fighting, the murder, the looting. It's cool. It's for justice. During a debate, Biden casually said that a long, dark winter was coming. It was almost like he knew something that the rest of us didn't. His vision for America was coming true, it seemed. 
By the time November rolled around, we were right where the self-aware and woke evangelicals wanted us to be. Tired and discouraged, we were easy prey for their shiny new version of evangelicalism. Be good citizens, they told us. Stop being nationalists, especially white ones. Really stop that. Y'all are racist, you know? The social justice warriors turned their attention to our schools and our churches. Critical race theory was embraced. Why? Don't you know? All this pain and suffering is your fault, you know? Your crime? Supporting the president. That's what they tell us anyway. I thought it was fascinating that while our nation was struggling under the weight of the Chinese virus, the man who would be president of the United States did not campaign. He won no one over. He was unappealing on almost every level. Forget the fact that he has obvious signs of serious and mental deterioration and often seems confused and bewildered. They want us to believe this is the man who got more votes than President Obama. And we'll believe it. Or else. We're supposed to swallow what they tell us no matter how hard it goes down. We know the drill by now. Swallow it. Or we're going to fact check you into oblivion. Our social media overlords working in tandem with the mainstream media meant business. We knew it because most of us, at the very least, have been sent to social media jail or shadow banned for the sin of thinking for ourselves. We don't do that now, you know. Mail-in ballot dumps in the middle of the night? Swallow it. All the bellwether counties wrong? Swallow it. Sworn testimonies from people who witnessed fraud at the ballot box? Swallow it. Or else... Stop asking questions. Put your mask back on. Shut up. And so we did. On election day, the nations watched. Many of my Canadian friends, who themselves are living under a tyrannical government, fasted and prayed. They knew the stakes. They know all that happens if the United States fails. It seems we're the only ones who don't. The nations of the world, including our enemies, know that as the United States goes, so goes the rest of the world. We have always held evil back. Now, it appears that we have all but been overcome by it. I know some of you can't understand my sorrow, and that's okay. I won't cry forever. Instead, I'll ask God to allow this terrible time in our nation's history to wake us up. Not the woke kind of awake, but the real kind. The waking that comes from truly seeing the sin that our nation is literally drowning in. This kind of awake means seeing the mess that we're in as a result of our national rebellion against the God who gave us the freedom we've enjoyed for so long. I'm grieving today, but tomorrow I'll ask God what he wants me to do and how he wants me to participate in this new version of America I love and find myself still living in. I also know some of you are mocking me, and that's okay. I honestly don't care anymore. I know that I don't know much, but I do know this. We need to refocus. We need to remove our children from public schools and do it yesterday. They're not safe places for young minds. We need to get back to training our children about what it means to really follow Jesus, to share the gospel, to be students of the word of God. God's justice is the real kind of justice. Social justice is just worldly justice, which has no root in righteousness. Our kids need to know this. Some of you will say that my writing reveals that my hope hung too much on politics. Not so. It wasn't in Trump, though I like him, or in the cowardly Republicans who didn't have the will to do the right thing, even when they had the House and the Senate. No, my hope has never been in a political party. But I did believe we were at least 
understanding of good versus evil. I was naive enough to believe we had at least a rudimentary understanding of socialism and Marxism. I was wrong. So yes, I'm not sure of much right now, but I am sure of this one thing. The Lord is going to return someday and he is going to set everything right. Until then, I'll keep praying and keep trusting, keep telling the truth and keep loving the people that God places in my life. God placed my grandparents in my life. My grandfather was a pastor who loved this nation with a passion. He taught me that we must never take for granted the freedom that so many died to give us. And so I will not. I will defend it as long as I have breath. And yes, I can do that and still follow Jesus Christ with an unbridled passion. We can love both God and our nation. It is a lie to say otherwise, a dangerous lie that evangelical elites will keep peddling from their platforms to the applause of the woke and the social justice warriors who are loving every moment of this now that, quote, orange man has been defeated. To be fair, I don't think these evangelicals understand what they're celebrating. But someday soon, they will. I will continue to support President Trump. As I watched him leave on Air Force One last week, I wished I could hug him and say one thing. Thank you for your service, sir. I am sorry for the shameful way this country treated you from the day you were inaugurated. Some of us saw it for what it was. That's the blog post I wrote that social media keeps taking down. Thanks for letting me read it to you guys. If you want to read the blog post for yourself, you can check it out at HeidiStJohn.com. And again, the title of that article was simply America the Beautiful you're in trouble. I don't want to end today's podcast with you guys feeling like I have just absolutely lost hope. I haven't. I think it's okay for us to grieve. I think it's okay for us to turn around and look at what's happening with our country with our eyes wide open and say, what can we do that's different? And I believe that it starts with the education of our young people. I believe it starts with the family. The family is the building block of the culture and we have got to get this right. How do we get it right? We get it right by doing family the way God says that it should be done. You guys hang in there. I believe that God is still at work. I want to thank you guys for loving on our family so well and for supporting this podcast. Thanks for leaving reviews for the podcast over at iTunes. We love you guys and we pray for you. And I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for your prayer and support of the podcast. Have a great day, everybody. And I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.